Well, one of the uh, downsides of waiting till the last minute to do something is if things go wrong, it just delays and delays uh, what you're trying to do. It becomes kind of frustrating, uh, and uh, then you um, contemplate actually quitting. Not entirely, but just the... Uh, uh, just that particular week and going you know what i'm not posting a a podcast episode this week i just made apparently everything's uh everything's going to shit and i'm not doing it uh it's not going to shit it's just uh things aren't coming out right having to restart over and over again um not having uh not being prepared uh, due to a holiday weekend, all these things, um, you know, technical issues, issues with the cat who won't shut the fuck up, um, but she's now in my lap, and we'll see how quiet she actually is, um, but uh, I don't know. But I'm here. Hello. Still sober with John Raven. I am still sober. Coming up uh, the end of this month, actually, this is because uh, this is episode 204 posting on uh, June 2nd. The end of this month, June, is my 30-year high school reunion. Now, longtime listeners of the podcast may remember that my 20-year high school reunion, I got arrested for public intoxication, which uh, in turn revoked my uh, felony probation, which then sent me on a uh, uh, basically losing everything again in a way. It's like losing uh, whatever established thing that I had going on at the time which wasn't much but it, in a, but technically I lost everything again and started over again but it's so it's it's the it's actually the the uh, pivotal moment is the uh, the high school reunion because because of that I, you know, had to, and knew, knowing that it was going to revoke my probation and I uh, had to get my affairs in order and like, oh no, um, I'm going to have to go turn myself in before they come find me. And that was the whole thing because I was living in San Antonio and, um, but the main office of my probation was based out of, uh, in Austin, Texas, which uh, in uh, Travis County. So my probation officer, she was very smart and was definitely watching out for me. She's like, you don't want to be arrested in Bear County in San Antonio and go to county jail here. You would rather, I'm telling you, you would rather be in county jail in Austin. So go turn yourself in. And that way you can take care of things. Basically, I can set up all my payments and I can use the remaining of my money because I don't know how long I'm going to be detained so I use that time to, you know, pay off my uh, uh, landlord, I guess. The uh, guy I was living in his place, uh, it was my landlord slash roommate, sure. I had to pay him off, uh, you know, for a certain amount of time for, and uh, and take care of different different issues. Uh, but it was also, you know, and I, and, and I had actually all but quit at this point when this happened, so 10 years ago, 
I was no longer doing drugs, but I was still drinking because that's pretty much all you do in San Antonio if you live there. Um, but at this time, because of the arrest and because of the impending um, pro- probation revocation, any, uh, I guess, I had uh, completely, I actually quit drinking. I then, But I then made my sobriety date official the day I turned myself in, which just so happened to be my mom's birthday, because <clears throat> that was when the uh, my appointment was. Um, but I made my mom's birthday my sobriety date, which we celebrate every year together, um, and it's turned out really well. So even though it was a, you know, bad timing, although a great conversation on the she picked me up in San Antonio. We drove to Austin and was like, do you want me to wait for you? And I'm like, nope, I'm not coming back. <laughs> She's like, don't wait around. I'm like, don't wait around. It's, it's, it's fine. Um, I did not know that I would be in Travis County custody for six months, though, because I did one month in the uh, county uh, lockup in downtown Austin. Then I got transferred for five months, did their uh, treatment program, which I've talked about, the SMART program, which is anything but, because it's county run, like everything else run by the county. Um, Bureaucratic nightmare and uh, shitty. But it was good for me because I had already quit and was already started on the path, so it basically was kind of like a... uh, uh, a break from everything, like a break from no responsibility whatsoever, just to focus yeah, internally and read a bunch of goddamn books, which is what I did. Um, all that to say, that's what's uh, coming up. So the 30-year high school reunion is weird for me because the whole idea of a high school reunion before social media, the idea of a high school reunion was to you go back and you see everybody that you haven't seen in like the 10 year or 20 years. You Typically 20, but some, you know, 10 years if you're really, really, uh, if your glory days are in high school, you like to go back to your 10 year high school reunion because it's the only time you were happy. So, uh, so the desperate people go to the 10 year high school reunion, but, you know, standard wise, you kind of round it up to 20. And that was the whole idea is you go and you see how everybody's life turned out, you know, and you lie about how poorly you're doing, build yourself up, you are like, hey, or whatever. That was kind of the idea. The thing about it is, is that when I had my 20-year high school reunion it was in 2012, and actually after the shit I just talked, I will, you know, I did go to the 10-year high school reunion, but there weren't very many of us. We just kind of showed up and like, hey, how's everybody doing? Um, but which made sense in 2002 because social media hadn't kicked in by the time we had our high school reunion in 2012 I already knew what everybody looked like we saw each other on Facebook if you had any questions about how anybody was doing you just went on Facebook it kind of took the fun out of it that's kind of what sucks about social media. It's basically, you're basically doing your reunion every day. You know, it's it's like, I, I don't, you know, oh, you remember that kid in uh, science class that used to uh, kick the back of your chair and, 
and kind of harass you a little bit? Yeah. Would you like to see his kids grow up? Because that's basically what it is. I don't understand that. So, but for me, it's kind of a step further because now I get to go to my 30-year high school reunion just to show everybody who saw me at the 20-year high school reunion how I've uh, changed from there because their last memory of is like, wow, John's having a lot of fun. And then as it progressed, John's having a little bit too much fun. They're like, oh, wow. Um, So now I get to go back again and go, here I am from there. Yet another incarnation from the surprising incarnation, which is completely different than me in high school. So it's interesting, but that's coming up, which also means that my 10-year sobriety date is coming up, um, but that's a couple months down. I wanted to address this. I'm a little. This is a little bit of a delay. I'm almost six months from doing this. I may have mentioned this before, but I never really went in depth about what irritated me about the. Uh, not irritated, but um, I don't know. It feels a little misleading. The article, and it's from NPR, and some of you are like, I knew it. NPR is always full of shit. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this particular one, I don't think it it doesn't really go into it, I it, I'm not saying it's not accurate. Uh, let me let me explain. Okay, so the name of the article is There is Life After Addiction, Most People Recover. And that of course immediately draw my drew my attention because I'm like, do uh, do most people recover? So I was kind of looking at it, and it said, uh, this is, this was like, and like I said, this was six months ago when this posted, and I think that they're attempting to um, really kind of push, kind of, you know, why would I attack, attack one of the few, you know, positive-sounding articles? Uh, because it, I, I think there's a, there's a bigger message that can be taken from this other than, hey, you know, most people recover. It's okay. You'll be able to get through it. So what it's so I'll read just a little bit of it here. The US faces an unprecedented surge of drug deaths with the Center for Disease Control and Prevention reporting another grim milestone this week. Yeah, this was in January, so this is when that happened. In a single twelve month period, Fatal overdoses claimed 101,623 lives, but researchers and drug policy experts say the grim toll obscures an important and hopeful fact is that most Americans who experience alcohol and drug addiction survive. They recover and go on to live full and healthy lives. Now, I, I balked immediately when I read that because it's because it says researchers and drug policy experts. Boy, that's who you want to listen to an expert on drug policy, not on addiction, not somebody who's an expert in the field of drug addiction and treatment, but a policymaker, uh, drug policy expert. I'm an expert in policies. I can tell you why policies exist. That's great. Anyway, but 
it's, you know, let's see, uh, John, Dr. John Kelly, who teaches addiction medicine at Harvard Medical School, um, said that they co-authored a peer-reviewed a reviewed study published last year that found that roughly 22.3 million Americans, more than 9% of adults, live in recovery after some form of substance use disorder. A separate study published by the CDC ugh, and the National Institute on Drug Abuse in 2020 found three out of four people who experience addiction eventually recover. So that's huge, you know, 75%, Kelly said. I think it kind of goes against our cultural perception that people never get better. All right. But here's the thing. As you kind of go through it, it let's see. Where is it? <laughs> Down at the bottom. In the same article, it's like, addiction is hard to beat, and that leads to stigma. Okay, if something's hard, 75% of the people wouldn't be able to do it. Now, I'm not trying to say that this is full of shit, but I will say this. The problem with doing a study to see how many people have addiction issues and then beat them is that most uh, treatment programs are anonymous. You don't fill out your information, you don't send it off to be on a list. You don't answer, you know, a poll. You aren't contacted and going, hey, can I count you? Can I, you know, we can hardly get a census of actual people just in general. So suddenly we're taking a census of everyone who's had a drug problem and then went to AA or NA and gave their first name. Like, did you contact all the Johns? Because nobody contacted me. How many me's did not get contacted? And you're saying 22.3. Well, you sure it's not higher? Maybe it's lower. My thing is, is that I think this is coming out of a uh, the greater a greater point, which is that uh, they say uh, you know a recovery from addiction is hard, and I'm like, it is, but it's also a sliding scale, like addiction itself. And I think that the problem is, is that they're trying to make it seem like. 75% of people with severe drug addiction overcome it and get better. And I don't think that that's an accurate number. I think that 75% of people that have had some kind of issues with some kind of addiction on a minor scale, on not a life-destructive type lose-everything scale, get better. And that's what should be encouraging. What should be encouraging is because a lot of because the problem with 12 step is that when somebody goes into it to kind of check it out to see if it's for them, they hear stories and from people and they're way worse than their own. But the feeling is that if you have any issues whatsoever with addiction, and you know, to the point where you're actually questioning it, if you try to accurately portray it as uh, I'm not bottoming out, I just have you know some issues that I need to adjust some some aspects of my of of, of my life. People come at you like, well, that sounds like denial. 
Well, what if it's not denial? What if it's the actual truth? Because the people you're talking to have like bottomed out. They had a fucking horrible time and they used to lie. They used to lie about it and sound just like you're sounding, except that you might actually be telling the truth. And there's no 12 step is just 12 step. There's just one path. But a lot of people aren't that bad. And maybe the, and that's and that's why 12 step doesn't work for them. And it sounds like bullshit. Yeah, but yeah, because you're not fucked up yet. That's when you should check out other kinds of therapy. You know, twelve like I like I've repeatedly said, twelve step exists because, you know, therapy was for pussies. In the <laughs> in the early twentieth century, that's what it was. It's like it's for is for women folk. Um, <laughs> so they had to come up with some other kind of thing where they kept it anonymous but also manly you know and uh, don't forget Jesus and whatever else they did and uh, and it's never changed <laughs> they've kind of changed but they still use the same text you know and they just spin it a little bit better um, effective or not depending on who you are you know it's definitely a treatment and it's worked for so many people but the idea here is what I think this is. So I, I, I get why NPR was trying to spin this as, uh, hey, man, there's life after drug addiction. So many people have gotten better over, over it. And, and that's true. But I think the bigger, que- the, the bigger point needs to be that addiction problems for alcohol, drugs, or insert here, you know, Porn, video games, pizza. Um, is that there is a scale of minor to severe, and there, and I think that it gets to a point. If it gets bad enough, that you, you know, not everybody needs to go to rehab. Not everybody needs to go to meetings. Not everybody needs intervention by the police, apparently. But know that because, you know, everyone pushing about mental health, that this this actually, you fall in that category. If you've got some, some addiction problems, you don't have to immediately go to rehab or to a 12-step. This is actually probably, if you've got some minor issues with it, you know, you've got, you are probably at a spot that you can talk to a therapist or, you know, a professional, let's just say professional in general, who can help you get back on the right path to where you don't have to be an abstinence only type of, you know, like severe you don't have to completely cut out the thing you like you just need to figure out why you keep going after that thing you like and it's starting to affect the rest of your life and hopefully do that before it gets to the point where you're like me no where <laughs> no where it's uh where it's a, a, a real problem you know, as an we're having an intervention for you kind of problem. 
So that's that's all I was getting getting at. I wasn't saying thinking that it was an, a complete full of shit article, and I and it it sounds kind of like it was you know, it, it was written from somebody who did you know who read a thing and doesn't have the perspective. But I wanted to give it some perspective. I think that that's I think that that's where those numbers came up. Also, I think those numbers you know don't mean anything because how do you really know? But I would agree on a scale that there's probably, yeah, I think that like anything, your chances of you overcoming an addiction issue are much greater at the beginning if it's a low risk addiction problem, a low, like a low problem before it becomes a big problem and then it gets harder and harder and harder to get out clearly. That's why there. That's why there are people on the street who have those problems. That's why there are people in prison who have those problems, et cetera, et cetera. I think. I think we can all agree on that, right? Right. Thank you. All right. Well, that's uh, that's what I got for you this week. Uh, Stillsoberpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments that are positive to neutral. And if you're a sober person, I hope you're staying sober out there. If you're not a sober person, hope you're staying sane. We'll see you next week. Later. Bye. Thorn the pierces skin.